Omagyanatimirandasya Gyananjana Sarakaya Chaksurumunitam Yenatasmain Sigurave Namaha Ajanulam Bhato Bhujo Kanakavadato Sankitanaikapitaro Kamalaya Takso Vishwambaro Dvichaboro Yugadharma Palo Vandi Jagat Priyakaro Karunabhutaro Srinu Singh Bhagavan ki jai, Bhakta Pralad Maharaj ki jai, Srinu Singh Chaturasi ki jai, Gopremanandi. So today is the appearance of Bhagavan Narasimha. We'll have a short talk about the Lord's appearance as Narasimha Dev. And begin a talk about Srinu Singh Bhagavan without first speaking about Pralad. Pralad means Pralad Aladha, who gives bliss, who gives joy. So Pralad Maharaj gives joy to all of the devotees by setting the standard of pure devotion. Also may be taken Pralad, the name indicates that which comes before ecstasy. So if we want to enter into the higher ecstasies, possibilities of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, you cannot skip over the position held by Prahlad. And when we speak of the position held by Prahlad, we speak of that which Srimad Bhagavatam points out through the example of Prahlad Maharaj to teach us. And this is the case with so many of the great devotees who are Parshadas, actual eternal associates of the Lord in his different incarnations as Nisringa, Ram, and so forth. They exemplify a particular standard of devotion and in this way stand in Srimad Bhagavatam as landmarks, highway signs representing different stages of attainment on the path of Devotion. Srimad Bhagavatam is really a comparative study of religion, just like we've mentioned Bhagavad Gita in this regard also. Many things are mentioned, but the subject is one. So with Srimad Bhagavatam, the subject is pure devotion, and the subject is ultimately the standard of devotion of Vrindavan and that of Sri Radha. In this sense, Bhagavatam is considered to be the heart of Krishna. But in order to point out the glory of that standard of love, so many others are mentioned by way of comparison. So, although this is the case with great devotees like Hanuman and Prahlad and so forth, in terms of how they are mentioned in Srimad Bhagavatam, that doesn't necessarily say everything about them and their possibilities in the arena of the Lord's leelas. For example, we can hear about Shiva, we can hear about Narada and Srimad Bhagavatam. But in other places we hear other things as well. We hear of how Narada got a Gopi Deha at Narada Kund, how Shiva became Gopishwar and also had a Gopi Deha and Gopeshwar, he got a Gopa Deha also. So when thinking of these great devotees and in terms of their exemplifying a particular standard of devotion, when that devotion may be of a lesser standard 
in that which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to open the doors to and which his appearance makes available. We should think of that standard of devotion which these devotees exemplify in Srimad Bhagavatam as a teaching to us through them about that standard of devotion, but not that this is those devotees' only <laughs> possibility. And by thinking along these lines, then we can help to save ourselves from making some kind of offense to great Parshada devotees of the Lord. We are Nityabada Jivas, and by the grace of the Lord and these devotees, we have the opportunity to take to devotional service. We shouldn't think, oh, Prahlad, he represents a lower kind of devotion, and I'm interested in something much higher than that, in Bhakti, and belittle him in some way. That will cause our downfall. And we don't find this, for that matter, to be the standard of the devotees of Vrindavan themselves, who are, if Narada should come into their company, or Prahlad, or Hanuman, they would uh, worship them in every respect, even though their own position is higher. So then we're called to think of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mandate for all of us. So we should avoid the uh, mundane analysis of these gradations of devotion. In fact, we are taught this in Chaitanya Charitamrita that not to think that one devotee is better than another. Each one has his own position and that position of the devotee in relation to the Lord is pleasing to the Lord and to the devotee. And again, as I mentioned, what we may know about that position may be only partial representation of their relationship and interaction with the Lord and his leelas. So Prahlad Maharaj is very important to us. And his very name means, as I mentioned, the giver of joy, of bliss. So through the doorway, that Prahlad exemplifies of pure devotion, we have to pass to go into higher regions of devotion that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to distribute. Prahlad exemplifies the standard of pure devotion in Bhaikuntha, in Shantarasa. When Narada came to see him in the lower planetary systems, Prahlad is, of course, Daitya from a demonic lineage, indeed the chief of the demons, Ranyakasipu, was his father. And when Narada, as we described in Bhagavatamrita, when Narada Muni came to see him, actually he was advised by Shiva to go there. He had been glorifying Lord Shiva and his standard of devotion. And Shiva said, oh, my standard is nothing. I'm not even of the Vaikuntha standard. He, in the context of Simad Bhagavatam, exemplifies Gyanamishra Bhakti. Although he's called Vaishnavanamitashambhu, the best of the Vaishnavas, this is a kind of propaganda in Srimad Bhagavatam to bring in the Shaivites. If we carefully study Srimad Bhagavatam, we understand Shiva is not the greatest of the Vaishnavas. Srimad Bhagavatam teaches the Gopi standard of devotion. And as brought out by Sanatana Goswami Guru in Brit Bhagavatamrita, Shiva's position in Srimad Bhagavatam is an example of Gyanamishra Bhakti. And so he tells Narada, who's visiting him, my standard of devotion is very low. You should go and see the inhabitants of Bhakuntha who are so dear to the Lord that they are like his very self. He identifies with them to that extent. And 
Parvati spoke up at that time and said, yes, and of course the best there is Lakshmi, because of womanly affinity. And she went on to glorify Lakshmi to some extent, but Mahadev pulled Narada aside and whispered and said, I don't want to say this too loud because Parvati's partial towards Lakshmi, but the fact of the matter is that Prahlad is even more important in Vaikuntha, and you should go and see him. And uh, so he went, but he told him, actually she told him, before you go, be advised, don't go there and offer dandavats to him and, and praise, because you will not accept that, such as his standard of humility. Of course, Narada was his guru. Again, Narada went to see him, and after a long time, he said, oh, I have not seen you, and I'm so fortunate to see you. You're such a nice devotee. And there, Prahlad was sitting in trance, in meditation. So the implication is, Shantarasa. Therefore, Prahlad pointed to Hanuman when Narada praised his position because he said, I have some affinity for Bhagwan, that's true, and I am absorbed always in thinking of him, meditation upon him. Actually, we should know that Prahlad Maharaj was devotee of Krishna. Krishna Graha Vitatma, Srimad Bhagavatam says. He was under the Krishna Graha. Graha means like in astrology, house. So he was under the house of Krishna. As we've said before, the problem with uh, astrology is that the most important planet is left out. And if we that planet's influence in our chart, then the whole thing changes. And that is, of course, Golok, Krishna Lok. And how that planet will be in our chart, Golok, Kero, Premo, Dhan, Hari, Nam, Sankirtan. Very grace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This Hari, Nam, Sankirtan has come from Golok, and it can enter into our heart and influence our chart. So Prahlad is described in Srimad Bhagavatam in this way as Krishna Graha Grihitatma, under the influence of Krishna and Govinda Parivamita, absorbed in thoughts of Krishna, of Govinda. So my point is that he's a devotee of Krishna. Krishna is his Ishtadevata, his deity. And if we study carefully Srimad Bhagavatam, we'll find that all the principal questioners like Shonaka, and principal speakers like Sutta Goswami, listeners, inquirers like Parikshit Maharaj, and speakers like Sukadev, Narada, Prahlad, Maitreya, and so forth. We study carefully Srimad Bhagavatam, we find all of the listeners and all of the speakers, there is the Devata, the deity of their heart was Krishna, not any particular avatar of the Lord, but Krishna. Krishna is to Bhagavan Sayam. And Srimad Bhagavatam, in so many ways, wants to make this point known. Not just in one line, Krishna's two Bhagavan Sayam, as some people will dismiss the Gaudiyas and say, oh, just in one passing line, and you want to make a whole Sampradaya out of this. But careful study of Simad Bhagavatam reveals that, that great Pramana is making the point over and over again. And this is one example of that. So Prahlad was devotee of Krishna, Govinda. And then the Shingadeva is a particular appearance of Krishna relative to the time and the circumstance, an extraordinary appearance. It is said in Srimad Bhagavatam was never witnessed even by Lakshmi previous to this. So we also have some place in Bodhisambhadaya for worshipping Narasimhadev. And we shall worship him as a particular appearance of Krishna. And in this way we will think of every avatar mentioned in Srimad Bhagavatam. A particular appearance of our Lord Krishna. Krishna that means should be our Ishtadevata. Not Nisinga, Ram, certainly not, as some fellow has been pestering me to some extent on the songs of Ganesh, 
the Durga, Shiva, and so forth. We respect them all. They're all worshipable by us, no doubt. But our deity is Krishna, and we see them all in light of their relationship with Krishna. And by thinking of them in that light, speaking of them in that light, glorifying them in that light, even if that glorification does not involve a separate puja for them, that glorification that could be called showing respect is more pleasing to them than any direct puja to them that one could offer. Just as the Lord likes to be called in relation to his devotees. So the different avatars of Krishna and, and devotees of Krishna, if we speak of them in terms of their relationship with Krishna, that will endear us to them. So this is the standard of Godisambadaya's worship, regard, respect for all the different devatas and avatars and so forth. So we should be devotees of Krishna. Prahlad Maharaj teaches us this. And what wonderful possibilities are there in the worship of Krishna, the appearance of Lord Nishingadev serves as an example of that, an extraordinary appearance. Even Lakshmi had not witnessed it before. Prahlad brought this about. And even though that's the case, we will see from that angle of vision, Prahlad, in his humility, never thought like that. He thought, the Lord has come for Jai Vijay. I'm just an instrument in the whole affair. So Prahlad, a great devotee of Krishna, pure devotee of the standard of Shuddha Bhakti, from Ganesha Bhakti of Lord Shiva, we go to Prahlad of standard of Shuddha Bhakti, pure devotion. Prahlad is often considered a Sadam Siddha. Although Vishwanath Chakravartitakar in one place commentary in Srimad Bhagavatam has described him as one who could be perceived either as Nitya Siddha or Sadam Siddha, and so with Narada also. But thinking of Prahlad in terms of his being a Sadam Siddha, there's mention of his previous life in the Puranic literature. There it is said that Prahlad was, was attracted to a prostitute and had stolen away to a private place to have an affair with this prostitute. And while looking for seclusion, they came upon an old dilapidated temple of Vishnu in the state of ruin. And there they, that Prahlad swept the floor of the temple for his purpose. And it was on Ikadasi. And before they were to have union, he and the prostitute, an argument developed. And the argument went on all night long. And so he cleaned the floor in the Vishnu temple <laughs> and stayed up all night on Ikadasi, fasting, and on account of this, Sukriti gained from this, and his improper activities combined, he got the kind of birth that he did as an, in a family of uh, demons, big demon, Aranyakasipu, Adaitya. But he became a great devotee. He became a great devotee because Narada Muni spoke to him through his mother, the glories of Srimad Bhagavatam while he was still within the womb. This illustrates the power of bhakti also, that there's no impediment to the development of bhakti if someone of Narada's standard wants us to make progress. The well-wishing of Narada, which was impacted in his words, in his 
preaching to Prahlad's mother was directed at the child within the womb. And so he came out, although born in a demonic family, as a great devotee. This is encouraging to us, both in terms of his being a sadhana siddha and in terms of his being born in a demonic family. Sometimes people think that if one is born in a matcha family, you can never fully realize in that body the purport of the Lord's teaching, you can never come to pure devotion, have to take another birth, be disqualified in so many ways. But we would rather be like Prahlad, like his appearance, as it is sometimes mentioned in Gorlila, Haridas Thakur, sometimes Haridas Thakur is compared to Brahma and sometimes to Prahlad because like Prahlad, who took a great beating and harassment and torture from his father, Hiranyakashipu, he was only a five-year-old, six-year-old boy and was tortured by a fellow who was so powerful that he had practically controlled the whole universe. Brahma had to offer him a benediction. Everyone was under his influence. And if that person then wanted to turn all of his wrath on a five-year-old boy who was his own child, what would be his hope for prevailing? He tried to kill him. He tortured him in so many ways. But, of course, he was uh, successful. He prevailed because of his devotion to Krishna. He was absorbed in smarnam, in meditation upon Lord Krishna. And in that condition, although he was physically harassed, he remained undisturbed and the harassment could have no effect. So in Gaurlila we find that Haidas Thakur was also very much abused by the Mohammedan presiding government. He was a Muslim, but he was chanting Krishnanam. So this was too much for the government. It's one thing if the Hindus one chant Hare Krishna, we can tolerate that, but if our own people are doing so, then this is intolerable. So, as you know the story, Haida Stalker was brought in and challenged, why are you chanting the name of Krishna? And uh, he was asked to desist, but he would not. He could not. And so the order was given that he would be beaten, and they took him from one marketplace to the next to set an example throughout the various villages. And if you're a Muslim, you don't convert over to the Hindu side, and uh, we may tolerate these Hindus, but this is going too far. So to set an example of him, he was whipped publicly in the marketplace, in I think 21 different marketplaces. But he never gave up chanting, and it got to the point after so many beatings that those who were beating him became a little bit nervous and apprehensive that he was a very extraordinary person. So they appealed to him, that you're supposed to die through this beating, but you're remaining alive and seem undisturbed. And we can understand that you're some kind of a saintly person, so we ask you benediction that please die so that we don't get beaten by the Mohammedan ruler for not carrying out his order. So he said, oh, okay. <laughs> Just throw me in the river. So they threw him in the river. I guess he played dead. They threw him in the river, and of course he came up downstream, and Mahaprabhu embraced him. And although he had all types of wounds on his body, the time Mahaprabhu embraced him, they appeared on Mahaprabhu's body. And so the Lord was taking the beating himself so that Haridastaka could not experience it. So similarly in uh, Prahlad Lila, Prahlad was beaten by Hiranyakashipu, 
tortured in so many ways, but he was unaffected by that. So we're so encouraged by the example of Pallad in terms of his being a sadhana siddha, in terms of his being born in a demonic family, and nonetheless being a great devotee. So great is his standard of devotion that Snadhana Goswami comments that it's not that Bali Maharaj got the benediction of Vamana, such that Vamana would agree to live as a storekeeper in Sutal perpetually, because Bali did something wonderful. Actually, he did so many wrong things. He wrongly claimed proprietorship in the first place. He couldn't fulfill his promise to Vishnu of giving him three steps of land. He disobeyed his guru. In one sense, there's no fault in Sukracharya, because he was the guru of Bali, and Bali was a daitya, and so he was edifying him, teaching him in terms of the principles that the demonic art to go by. So putting a twist on that in Vrihad Bhagavatamrita, Snatna Goswami comments that the reason for Bali getting the mercy of Vaman Avatar to the extent that he did was because of one thing only, that Bali was related to Prahlad. So to have some connection, however remote, with a great devotee, with one who is as dear to the Lord as his very self, is to be in a better position than one who is even on the spiritual ladder through some other process. It means to say, even if we are not involved directly in the spiritual culture, but somehow we're connected affectionately to someone who is of the standard of Pallad's devotion, we'll be in a better position. This is an important point, but it's a little difficult maybe for some people to digest. <laughs> but this can only be explained by explaining the foremost quality of the Lord, Bhakatavatsal, that he's affectionate to his devotees, to the point that it appears to be almost a blemish, that were it not for that so-called blemish, his partiality, towards his devotees, then he would not be that kind of person who was worthy of all devotion. So what appears to be a blemish is actually his foremost quality and the foremost ornament that decorates the person of Bhagavan. Partial to his devotees, affectionately disposed towards them. As we've discussed before, this is what fuels the whole of Vaikuntha, this kind of partiality on the part of the devotee towards a particular form of the Lord and the Lord towards his devotee. While he's impartial in the general sense that brings one to the door of spirituality, he's partial in the spiritual and the transcendental sense, which constitutes the workings inside the door of the house of Bhakti. So Prahlad Maharaj was uh, in his way very, very dear to the Lord in his very childhood he instructed other children about bhakti and ultimately instructed his teachers, his father, and he alone in all of the universe could pacify Bhagavan Narasimha. No one else. Brahma came forward, Shiva came forward, so many demigods. No one could pacify him. Shingabdev appeared in a course in a great fit of rage at the atrocities of Haranikasipu directed at Prahlad, 
And after killing him and garlanding himself with the intestines of Hiranyakashipu, which is very instructive to us, as gory and uh, unappealing in one sense as it sounds, and as much as we may be a little timid to share with the newcomer the beauty of Bhagavan Nishingha's killing Prahlad Maharaj, it is very beautiful if we look beneath the surface of the appearance to the philosophical implications of his ripping apart the innards of Hiramikasipu. Of course, he did it in a particular way relative to the blessings from Brahma that Hiramikasipu had received, that he wouldn't be killed in day or night or on, any, on land, on water, in the air, by any weapon and so forth. So we may try to get around the laws somehow or other or the uh, position of the Lord, but it's impossible. We cannot uh, beat the system. As it said, we may try to beat the system, but this system is perfect. It's unbeatable. Because behind it is the omniscient Supreme Lord. So while Hiranyakashipu tried to beat the system, Shingadev's appearance serves to illustrate that this is not possible. Therefore, he pulled him on his lap rather than in the air, on the land, or in the sea. And he appeared as a half-man, half-lion, because he had a benediction not to be killed by any man, neither any beast, not with any weapon. So he killed him with his claws and so forth. But further, he, in doing so, he took his intestines and garlanded himself with those. And this very shocking and uh, kind of gruesome appearance tells us that Bhagavan Mishingadev is the enemy of the anarthas that Hiranyakashipu represented, which get in the way of our progress. The bhakti, the is called bhakti vignaminashana. He's the destroyer of impediments to bhakti. So these impediments are so many anarthas, different kinds of anarthas. And they are ugly, actually, when placed next to pure devotion. And somehow they have to be destroyed. So the, the depiction of the destruction of anarthas, the capacity to do so on the part of the Lord in his appearance as Nishingadev is great and it's depicted in this way, but it's only symbolic. But both things are there. It happened and this is what it symbolizes, what it represents. Anikasipu was a big, ugly anartha to bhakti personified. And the Lord felt beautified by his death, by killing him. He garlanded himself, let's I say, with his intestines. Sometimes he's seen depicted like that in, in art. So tearing apart anarthas, this gives joy to Nishingadev. So we may offer him flowers, puja, and so many things. The demigods, goddesses, and so forth, so many they offered prayers in so many ways, but all of their prayers, why they weren't accepted by Nishingadev, why he could not be pacified by them. Because he was reeling in the ecstasy of being the killer of impediments to bhakti, and all of their prayers were short of pure devotion. All the different persons mentioned who offer prayers represent in Bhagavatam something short of pure devotion. Brahma, Karanisha Bhakti, Madhav, Ganesha Bhakti, and then so many things below that, the Chanaras and the Siddhas and this group and that group, and they were eloquent in their speech 
and was done very respectfully and so forth, but it wasn't devoid of material desire, so he could not be satisfied. Although he appeared very angry, he was actually taking pleasure in this aspect of the culture of pure devotion, the killing of anatas. I gave example before of how Sridhar Maharaj once told that Dr. Sastitaka used to pound his fist sometimes while he was talking and his face would become flushed and red and some of the disciples thought, oh goodness, Gurudev is becoming a little angry. Not good. Guru should not become angry. But Sridhar said, at that time I thought, now I know the meaning of lotus face. His face would become pinkish. And this, in the context of speaking very strongly against anything that fell short of that which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to give, that people were being caught up by. So some outward expression of disdain and uh, even anger towards impediments to bhakti implies a soft inner heart actually understands the beauty of bhakti. So anyway, all of them, they tried to pacify the Srinidhi, but they all had some material desire. They all represent positions that are sakama. And so when everyone was finished, and still he wasn't pacified, Brahma came and tried to push Lakshmi forward. And certainly Lakshmi has no material desire. She's the dear consort of the Lord of Vaikuntha, but she was a little bit uh, nervous, a little bit fearful and, and steeped in wonder at her Lord's extraordinary appearance on that day. And so she wanted to stay in the background. And Prahlad was pushed forward by Brahma. This is a five-year-old boy and all these big demigods and goddesses and so forth, along with Brahma, encouraged him to go forward. And he walked up fearlessly. And uh, that time, Bhagavan Nishinga put his hand on Prahlad's head and began to lick him <laughs> like, a, like a kitten. He was a cat, half man, half cat, <laughs> half lion. And affectionately he began to lick Prahlad and touched him on the head. At that time, then, Prahlad, in terms of being a sadhana siddha, it is described his whole body became completely pure. Any of the physical, demonic blood in his body was transformed. They said that bhakti has the power, and Harinam in particular, to remove the prarabdha karma. That means the karma that's already bearing fruit. Some people argue that bhakti and Harinam can remove all karma up to prarabdha karma, all that karma that's not yet bearing fruit, that karma in the form of a disposition and in seed form, that which is coming to bear. Anyway, that from Aparabdha, from unmanifest all the way to the manifest karma. Kuta, Bij, Palamukam, all stages of karma, they say, can be removed up to this Parabdha, because it's already bearing fruit. But those in the school of Shuddha Bhakti, like Srila Goswami, Prabhupada, have demonstrated from scripture that no Bhakti is the power, and Harinam in particular, to remove even Parabdha karma. So as this happened to Thakur Haridas, so to Prahlad, in Gorlila, if we look to Thakur Haridas as the appearance of Prahlad in that Leela, then we find what? That upon his demise or disappearance from the world, Chaitanya, who personally carried the body of Thakur Haridas, danced with it on the shores of Milachal, 
then personally dug with his own hands the samadhi tomb for Prahlad and Pindu there and said, whoever worships this place, they will become purified. So the implication is that his body, although born in a Malecha family, untouchable by Brahminical Hindu Vedic standards in many respects, because of his bhakti and taking of Harinam, his very body became worshipable. In that body, he became qualified to perform any Vedic ritual. Of course, he didn't, because he wasn't not interested in that. Performing the various duties in terms of Varnashram, of the Brahmana, they have other business to do. So anyway, similarly, Prahlad is mentioned, he was touched by the Srinidhi, anything, any material influence in his body, completely removed. It's also instructive to us in terms of the potential of bhakti, its influence on the sadhakadeya. We often talk about the siddhadeya, not often, but sometimes, and persons are interested in that siddhadeya, but they should know that the sadhakadeya, the body of the sadhaka, this should be perfected if we want to get a siddhadeya. The sadhakadeya is a body that is in connection with devotional service and, at one point, in connection with material life, so in between as it converts from sense gratification to the satisfaction of the Lord's senses in terms of all of its functioning, it actually takes on spiritual character. Vishwana Chakvatitakura has brought this point out in his commentary, I believe, uh, in relation to Guru Maharaj, who has said in Bhagavatam, went to Vaikuntha in itself, same body. The point is that we fully absorb our sadhakadeya, our senses, in the Lord's service, it itself will become spiritual. And proportionate to the extent that we could do that, that siddhadeha, internal spiritual body, for participating directly in the Lord's lila, never become manifest. So Prahlad came forward. Nisimhadev licked him affectionately, touched him on his head, and he began to speak. Simple prayers, very beautiful, full of pure devotion. And Nisimhadev was fully satisfied. After being fully satisfied and fully pacified, what did he do? He asked Prahlad to take a benediction. The implication is that he wanted to test Prahlad. In the course of our devotion, we have many tests. And this is a very extraordinary one, where the Lord himself comes to test the standard of one's devotion. Commenting on this, Sanatana Goswami has glorified the Sadam Siddhas. He says that, they're even greater than the Nitya Siddhas because the Nitya Siddhas never have their bhakti tested. Whereas Prahlad is an example of a Sadhana Siddha who had his bhakti tested. The Srinidhi asked him, please, now, very nice of you to say the things you've said, and I have appeared before you, you've got my darshan, now ask a benediction. But Prahlad refused. And in so many ways, the Srinidhi tried to convince him to take something for his devotion. But Prahlad consistently refused. He said, I am satisfied with devotion alone. If you want to give anything, give devotion also to my father. So the idea is that Prahlad had no material desire. Anikichi Chaina. We have to be able to say this. I don't want anything. I don't want anything. I remember once in Mayapur, one of my godbrothers had taken to living under a tree in Mayapur and chanting many rounds daily, but he wouldn't do any devotional service. And when Prabhupada came, 
in Mayapur for the festival this was going on, and we were going on a walk with Prabhupada, and Prabhupada was giving classes, and he wasn't going on the walk, and he wasn't coming to the classes, he was just chanting. That's what he understood was the ultimate teaching. So one morning as we set out on the walk, one of my godfathers said, Prabhupada, so-and-so, now he says he wants to chant whatever it was, two lakhs a day. He's chanting one lakh a day. Now he says he wants to chant two lakhs. And Prabhupada replied, as soon as he says, I want, the whole thing goes to hell. So <laughs> we should know what he wants, what Prabhupada wants, what the spiritual master wants, what Krishna wants. This is bhakti. Siddhartha said, if we go to offer a flower to our Gurudev, he says, no, no, I don't want that. He said, no, take it, take it. Then at first when we offered it, it was bhakti. And he says, no, I don't want it. But we try to push it on him anyway. Then it changes. The offering is no longer bhakti. So we should not try to push our ideas onto the higher devotees, but try to find out what their idea is for us and move accordingly. So Prahlad Maharaj exemplifies this standard of devotion. And therefore he is said to be, as I mentioned, the doorway to the house of bhakti. We have to pass through this. That's why Bhakti Siddhanta Saswati Thakur, in his mission, used to send his sannyasis out to preach Prahlad and Prahlad Nishinda Lila and Lila Dhruva Maharaj and so forth to teach where people have to pass through to come to the very thing that the Sampradaya is speaking about. There's such a tendency to want to jump ahead and especially in our Western culture where we're used to purchasing things even though we don't have the bank balance for them, a credit card economy. So don't apply this in relation to devotional service. Go steadily, step by step. Know what you have to pass through to arrive at that high ideal Radhadasim, Prajapakti, that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to teach. What is it? There everything is Chinmai. The earth, the land is Chintamani. And it's not like this plane. So as one has to become like fire to enter the fire, one has to become Brahman, spiritual. So with that theoretical ideal in mind, we should focus ourselves such in the context of bhakti and its culture that we actually go there. And learning about Prahlad and his standard of devotion, that will be very helpful to us. It tells us that those high ideals of devotion that are so extraordinary, they look like gopis' love to be something very selfish, very mundane, like mundane lust. It's not like that. Prahlad worships that. Sukadeva is worshiping that. Mahadev and so forth. Let's say, if we are to think of Lord Nishimadeva, then there are many, many things that are brought out in that Leela that are very instructive to us. First and foremost is the standard of devotion. Any question? Yes. What I said was that connection with a Vaishnava who 
the Lord is so affectionate to puts one in a better position than being on any other spiritual path, however far along one may be. So someone may not be practically anywhere in terms of spiritual advancement, but have that connection. And another may be in the path of yoga again, advanced. The idea is that in terms of prospect, just like one man may be the president of a company that's a ten-story building, one man may be a clerk in the building next door that's a hundred stories. But because the man connected with the hundred-story company has the potential to become the president of the hundred-story building, his position is greater in terms of potential than the man who's already the president of the ten-story building. So someone may be a Jivan Mukta and a Gyanmarg, and someone maybe only have that affectionate connection with a great devotee and not even be practicing. Still, his position is better because that Jivan Mukta and a Gyanmarg will end up in the Brahma Sarija and he'll have no standing in comparison to that fellow who will eventually, by connection with Vaishnavism and the great Vaishnav, become a Shudavakta in Vaikuntha, in Goloka. That is a general sense. Otherwise, within the school of devotees, everyone has a connection with such a Vaishnav. Otherwise, what's the meaning of being in the Sampradaya? So to say, we have connection with this Vaishnava, he's very dear to that Vaishnava, who's universally accepted to be very dear to Krishna, and that's enough for us. We don't need to practice. We don't need to be concerned with anything else. We just rest everything on this. And therefore, our position is better than any other in the devotional group. It's a misapplication of this, because anyone else in the devotional group also has their affectionate connection with some Vaishnav, and maybe even that same Vaishnav. Possible. And if they're practicing, whereas the, those making that statement and broadcasting and with banners are with this affectionate question, but aren't if they aren't practicing, then it's a misapplication of the idea. How long will we go on saying, well, he's a great devotee and he likes me, so everything's okay for me. When are we going to start liking him and then become interested in the things that he's interested in and taking up the practices? So it can be, any good thing can be used, yes.
So there are different angles of vision, spiritual angles of vision that persons have. That um, in Vaikuntha they think like that. And Krishna is a kind of a thinking side of Narayan or something like that. I think. <laughs> but I can explain it's our particular angle of vision. We worship the Srimadev as the appearance of Krishna, and the appearance of the Bhagavatam, I started it. And Krishna is the actually the body of Krishna. We accept this in the Bhagavatam commentary of Shiva Swami, which was ratified by Shiva, who said that by the grace of Nisimhadev, Shiva Swami understands in the Bhagavatam. The Bhagavatam manuscript was taken by the Dwaitans who questioned it and placed before Lord Shiva, and then this message came out in that verse. That Sukadev knows, Parikshit may know, or not know, but Shiva Swami knows the importance in the Bhagavatam by the grace of Nisimhadev. We should think of all these things. We should pray to Nisimhadev. May I, by your grace, understand the import of Srimad Bhagavatam as we revealed it to Shiva Swami, and that was acknowledged by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, my deity. I remember going to the passion of Radhadamada and Jaipur, Shiva Swami's deity, and there's the deity of Nishimadev there also. So we make a prayer like that. Nishimadev appeared in the Gaurila also, in Chandakasi, Lila. We told that Madonna is my favorite instrument. I'm going to break it again. Perhaps just chest. But even the top of the discovered birthplace of Chaitanya said that at one point he was seeing every morning during the Brahma Mahota kind of a cloud of dust was coming down the road. So he just stands right there at the yoga pit. And after some time of thinking about it, meditating, and he realized, oh, the Bhagavan Nishimadev is coming every morning for the Arctic of Gordish Mithila. He's attending the Mongol Arctic of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. You better be there. Whether <laughs> like Thank you.